Hopelessness and lack of self-trust in its many shapes is a form of self-attack and denial of our power. Hello, Pathfinders. Welcome to another episode of Paths to Self. This week, we are looking into how hopelessness and lack of self-trust are, in fact, defenses. We experience hopelessness and lack of self-trust in many different ways besides obvious desperation. It may show up as feeling as if we are late to do anything meaningful in life, are not doing enough, missed opportunities, etc. All the various ways lack of self-trust and hopelessness sneaks into our psyche are many. So many, in fact, that I will likely address the shapes hopelessness shifts into in a whole separate episode. Here I will give the example of always looking outside ourselves for guidance versus also taking the time to check in. Before we start, subscribe to Keep Me Company and keep it coming. Here we go. First of all, I said hopelessness and lack of self-confidence is a defense. What do I mean when I say defense? I mean, defense against what? During these talks, when I say defense, I mean defense specifically against feelings and experiencing life as is. A defense is something we use when we do not have tolerance for our experience, where we cannot tolerate life as is, as we are experiencing it right now. You can check out the episode on feelings, anxiety and defenses where I dedicated a whole episode to clarifying the connection of feelings, anxiety and defenses and how we can make sense of the whole basic mechanics of our psyche this way. Uh, it will explain much of what you may be struggling with, uh, so uh, check it out. When we are hopeless and feel helpless, we are dismissing all the ways we, in fact, do have power in a situation which brings up a tendency to give up. You may say, but I really do not have power over this situation. Please keep that in mind, and I will come to that in a second. But before that, I also mentioned that hopelessness is a defense against experiencing life as is. And what do I mean with that? So especially if hopelessness in its various forms has become uh, a life attitude for us, as if we do not have anything valuable to give, that would make us dismiss ourselves. But we are also dismissing the many experiences in life, simply dismissing living life fully. Hopelessness has become a life attitude and just one example of it is, you know, we're, we're thinking that we don't have anything valuable to give in a certain day, in a certain period. Then we usually, you know, this not only leads to this, this which is dismissal of ourselves, of our skills, of our abilities, of our power, but it also leads us naturally as an extension of it, right? It's, it leads us to dismiss many opportunities, many experiences in life as well, which is in itself, as, as in, in its totality, it is not living life, right? It's just getting by, it's getting through the day. I believe Viktor Frankl gave one of the most memorable and striking explanations on that as a therapist and as a concentration camp survival himself that um, they were able to take everything from him, but not his ability to choose. His example is very striking and he emphasized the freedom that we have in the stance we take 
when faced with a situation of unchangeable suffering. I like this. So how did hopelessness showed up in my recent experience? In one of my sessions recently, I was discussing with a client who is, in fact, very successful in his career, in his life. Um, especially since we started working. Not that I, I'm not taking any credit for that. Don't misunderstand me. But basically, he has been making more decisions on his own accord. The making his decisions that he feels are right. Since we started working, he concentrated more on that and he has been very successful. Again, more of the work is in his hands, in the client's hands. Right? And he's been uh, going very well on that. But even in his case, when his life is going well, when the therapy ses sessions are going well, um, so next stages started to appear in the, in the session. So what is next? And some ideas, he already has um, some ideas what he wants to do, where he's going next. But what he has been experiencing, what came out in the session is... Um, what that means, what that good means next in his life. Because this is someone who is so used to uh, relying on his thinking brain, on his intellectualization, you know, his, his mind, if, if it is left idle, right? Uh, and we, I'm sure you know this, uh, many of us experience this. Somebody who had a lot of success relying on their intellect, their ability to strategize and think the next steps. Once there, once you achieve your goals, when once there is not as much to go forward to, at least in the present time, then the mind does not stop just because your life slows down and you uh, are in a space that you can relax. The mind does not. It's like, and I usually give this example of, you know, if it's a, if it's a big a well-functioning truck that you've been going at 100 miles an hour for a very long time and you push the brakes and it takes a while for that well-oiled engine to stop, right? So it is in, in that way. So what happened, uh, coming back to, you know, sense of hopelessness uh, in this case, um, so there was definitely this force of a well-machined uh, mind, well, well-oiled machine that is mind, um, that is used to strategizing and thinking, which did not has as did not have as much work to do at this time. You know, most of the goals were achieved, and uh, most of the things he set for himself were done. And now this was more of a time to settle in and be able to tune in and check in with himself. Right? What does that next good means for him? So this was interestingly for someone so successful and uh, has achieved so much in his life. This proved really hard. You know, things like <clears throat> things like I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to do that. Uh, how how do you even do that? Like all these kind of conversations came up. And of course, I'm not asking something, in fact, that is very hard. All I'm asking is to check in and see, for example, what feels right about uh, a morning routine. 
what kind of a morning does he enjoy? What kind of a rhythm in the morning? What kind of things, uh, what kind of a schedule does he enjoy in the morning, right? These kind of things. Just like, um, and this is as simple, in fact, if you think about it, this can be as simple as, you know, you do not turn around to the next person and ask them if you're comfortable, right? You know if you are comfortable in your seat right now. So this is, if you think of it from the other perspective, this is in fact quite a simple question. Check in with yourself. But for this person, this proved really hard. And this sense of, I cannot rely on myself. I cannot depend on my own opinions. Uh, came out very fast. And of course, this was not the first time that we encountered this. But here was another example that this came up. And again, it was a ripe time where, you know, in, in our sessions to deal with that. So what is the way to get out of that? Well, um, before I get into that, you know, and I, I have several ones for that. Um, I don't want to just only talk about other people because uh, almost like a parallel processing within the same week, it all, I realized it also came up in me being able to trust myself as a counselor, as a therapist. There are teachers and peers that I highly, highly admire. So I found myself in one of those situations in, in this very same week that the self-trust con um, uh, subject came up. I was comparing myself to these teachers and not feeling quite um, 100%. So issues on self-trust with this client was coming up in the same week that I have been questioning um, certain aspects of my work. So how I, how we worked on this with the client is, first of all, I, you know, besides the psychodynamic work um, that we've been following, I had to remind this client that this lack of self-confidence did not have any base in reality because this person was someone, you know, he's someone that really does his research, uh, goes high and low uh, in any direction, not just academic research when he can, when it is necessary, uh, but also, you know, asking around uh, other people and in several uh, very significant decisions recently in his life. He, you know, he went quite the contrary to what uh, some professionals and some friends recommended him. And it led to quite good results when he listened to his own sense and he trusted in his own sense. So I had to, first of all, remind him that he's been there and done that. And that lack of self-trust and not knowing how to refer to himself, how to take his own advice, is not true. That is not based in reality. But of course, that's what it happens like, right? Then when we look at something as this big concept of self-trust, confidence, it became it becomes this vague um, goal that uh, we don't we don't know where to start and what it means for us and all those different things when we brought it back to specifics and to his life experience, he could see that this was really um, not true. This is the anxiety. Being able to see those specific examples has been very significant because it just takes down this first barrier, right? That this is not just this big mission. Now you have to start and you have to do great. You know, you can hear the perfectionism uh, in the background there. You've been there, you've done that. You know, so we're past that point. And secondly, this is not about just one 
way of living life. This is not just one way of getting a good result. This is not just one way, you know, that perfection, that expression does not only come in one way. And that's the beauty of it, right? We bring our own version of it as as we are the original and one of a kind people that we are. We can bring and put our our own secret sauce into what is being created this this life going forward, right? And we usually omit that part. That perfection happens, you know, like my teachers, like some of my colleagues, I see that perfection, this beauty in their work. And all of a sudden that becomes the description, the, the epiphany, the epitome of uh, perfection in my eyes, right? Versus um, what it can, in fact, be, what a good work, what a good therapy session can be. And similarly for this client, right? There wasn't, it might seem that way in our anxiety, but there wasn't just this one perfect thing that somebody else has already done that we need to chase after, that we always need to look out to, right? Whatever that piece is in your daily routine, in your morning, in your, um, in your work routine, whatever that may be, it is a very personal and unique thing. And we get to, not have to, but we get to, we have the privilege to put our own, put our own secret sauce into that uh, dynamic so long story short seeing that in fact we've been there and done that and that we get to create our own beauty and perfection and i mean for, forget the word perf perfection actually we get to put our own um, best forward out there whatever looks good you know something that would make me smile this has been another episode of Paths to Self. I went a little into how hopelessness and lack of self-trust are in fact defenses. Don't forget to follow us and I'll see you in another episode.